It's Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. Gotta give my sweet inspiration to one who won't let me down. Not gonna listen to what the good book tells me, cause I've yet to be found. This week, Brent speaks with Rob Holdhouse from Subscribe Pro. Rob focuses on helping businesses improve their efficiency and grow their revenue while building a loyal customer base. Rob is a native of Maryland and is proud to call Baltimore home when not educating customers about subscription marketing and Subscribe Pro's products. Rob can be found hiking and playing with his chocolate lab mix Atlas. He also teaches music lessons on the weekend and plays bass with the popular Baltimore-based reggae group Can't Hang. And by the way, they are on Spotify, and I found them. The music for this show is from Can't Hang. Subscribe Pro is a subscription commerce solution that enables brands to offer auto-ship, subscribe and save, monthly box, and recurring billing programs on the Magento and Salesforce commerce platforms. They provide a thorough interface for customer service personnel to manage auto-ship or auto-replenishment programs, and they allow customers to easily modify subscriptions. How could it ever get better than that? Subscribe Pro integrates with over 100 payment gateways. That's more than 100, including Authorize.net, PayPal, and Braintree. The Subscribe Pro Vault tokenizes and stores customer credit card information securely and helps significantly reduce the PCI DSS regulation scope. This is a you have to listen to it episode with some fantastic music and a great closing song from Rob. Tune in now. And now, your free joke. I used to be addicted to time travel, but that's all in the past now. The Talk Commerce Podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have 
Rob Holt Hees, as they would say in in Canada. Rob is the director of sales for Subscribe Pro, a extremely liked subscription company that has been in the Magento community for an all very long time. Rob, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do in your day-to-day life and maybe one of your passions. Awesome. Like you said, Brent, I'm Rob Holthouse, a director of sales at Subscribe Pro. My role is really more of a consultative approach to help companies find the right subscription solution for them. Part a kind of consultant, part like evangelist for what subscriptions can do. It's something I'm really interested in and really passionate about. And I've been in the space for a long time. So I know tons of people in e-commerce and I'm really thrilled to work. Outside of that, in my kind of day-to-day, as you might be able to tell, there's a number of instruments behind me. I'm a bass player and that's my, my, my biggest thing outside of the e-com world. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I used to be, my office used to be in my son's room during the pandemic. Then I moved back to our office, and then I've moved back home now that we've closed our office. And yeah. I keep saying, because I play the piano, I keep saying, hey, I'm going to put the piano up behind me, but it doesn't fit. So anyways, let's talk a little bit about the subscriptions today. We did talk about subscriptions for hair care products, and we both agreed that neither of us do anything for hair care. <laughs> what are the main, what are the, I, I know that you were mentioning types of subscriptions. Yeah. And I know people don't ever think about that. So like, first, let's talk about the importance of subscriptions and let's go into types. Yeah, for sure. So the way that I like to describe subscriptions, just super duper high level, it changes the dynamic between the customer and the brand. And it changes that dynamic from I'm a customer, I'm going to come to your brand and buy things to these are things that I need or want regular. I like your brand. I trust it. I interact with it frequently. I want you to just send it to me. So it changes the dynamic from customer comes to brand goes to customer. Although I will also say that if you're a subscribing customer, you are also statistically more likely to interact with that brand more often. You're going to go to their website more, maybe to manage your subscription. You're more likely to make auxiliary purchases that maybe come with your subscription or you want to try new things. So at a high level, that is the way that I like to describe subscriptions. It it changes that relationship. In terms of types, to your point, we like to think of there being three different types of subscription. The first and most common of which is replenishment. I pretty much always drink the same kind of coffee and I pretty much always feed my dog the same kind of food. So if I know how often I need coffee and how often I need dog food, it saves me time and energy to just have them delivered to me so that I don't have to think about that later. The second would be a club or a curated box, something like a, like a wine club. We work with a lot of wineries that use Subscribe Pro to power their quarterly wine box, where the box is the same, but the products in the box are changing. So that think Birch box, a lot of people are familiar with that. That was one of the first big popular subscription boxes. And then the third type, which is less common, but becoming more common is what I would consider like an access subscription. And that could be like most often done with virtual products. So access to an online textbook or engineering solution or being a part of, a, of an organization. You can use Subscribe Pro for recurring membership fees, that kind of thing. And in that category, I would also include a recurring donations as well, where there isn't actually like a physical product sent, but you're making a recurring donation to a particular charity, for example. Yeah, NPR would be a great example of called. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I was going to say the number. Uh, it'd be different for our area. Good. Yeah, I think coffee and obviously coffee and some of those regular supplies are obvious are, are things that people are regularly seeing. So you had some. Is if we were to break down these into types, mm-hmm. is there a name for each of the three categories that you mentioned, or can we just see them as those types of products that are going to be in that bucket? 
Sure. Not officially. I, I use particular names when I'm describing them. I, I think the first type is a replenishment subscription. I think using the term replenishment makes the most sense. Vitamins, coffee, tea, pet, uh, skincare, health and beauty, hair care, that kind of stuff. The second one I most often think of is either like a club or a curated box. And then the third one, I typically use the term access because most of the time it is like a recurring fee for access to a database or a membership or, or something along those lines. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about replenishment first because that's one that I do. I, I've been uh, with a tea company and I drink a lot of iced tea. Cheers, by the way. Um, <laughs> since 1999, believe it or not, and they had the internet in 1999. I was surprised to see that. I'm, I would hope that almost all the merchants out there selling a product like coffee would already have a way of getting subscriptions. But I'm guessing by the look on your face that there's a lot of merchants out there who maybe aren't doing that yet. There's a ton. There, I'm always shocked when I find that there are a ton of merchants out there who are who, who have a product that is an excellent fit for subscription. And on top of that, they have a, a, a client base, a customer base that it, you know is very loyal and would like absolutely eat something like that up. I'm always shocked when I find just the, the number of merchants that are not currently doing that. I can tell you from experience, just in the product that SubscribePro is built, the way that we do subscriptions, like getting subscriptions right is very hard. It seems like a relatively straightforward thing, but just reorder. But there's a ton of like little pitfalls to account for. There's tons of things that you have to get right in your code and your solution has to handle a certain number of features and everybody's features are gonna be a little bit different. And so I think maybe what is often the case is those types of merchants go, oh yeah, it would be great if we could have our coffee delivered to our customers every you know week or two weeks or month or however often they want it. But we sat down and brainstormed it and realized that there's a lot more to this than we thought. And so we've just been perpetually pushing that off, right? Yeah, so I'd like to walk through some of those pitfalls and hopefully okay. the, the, I won't mention the company that I buy from, but it has yeah. been not frustrating, but definitely there are some Re, there's some incentives and then there is some disincentives. So one thing they do is they give you free shipping, but you have to order $50, which is, which I think is okay. But they also have the product pricing where you get to $48.99 and it's what, are you serious? So then I got to take everything out of my cart and then I got to re try to reconfigure. How do I get to $50? Like they yeah. have a, they have an eight ounce, they have a 20 ounce, they have a five pound bag. All right, so five pounds, all right, I'll probably go through that in a couple of months, but how long do I wanna have beans around for? Yep. Um, I feel like there's so much work to do still in that replenishment. If you're going to put, I'm all for the free, getting to that um, getting to that free shipping stage. And I, t I also understand that's that to get that return, they have to do that. But for the tea, in the tea example, I get a discount and I get a, and I get a certain amount, I have to order a certain amount. So for me, that's easy. I order four bags every, I think it's every 90 days now and I get free shipping plus I get 15% off. But anyways, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. One of the ones that comes up frequently is your point there of the whether or not I'll get free shipping if it's set at a threshold. I always recommend as a best practice, free shipping is more attractive as an incentive to a customer than like a five or 10 or 20% discount off of every order. I should clarify, it's probably worth doing a little bit of a discount for a subscription order as well, because a subscriber has a lifetime value that is so much higher than a non-subscriber that for most businesses, it's worth it. But 
that's one of those questions that in a brainstorming session at a merchant can be a little bit of a stumbling block. We want to do free shipping if it's over $50. The first order, if I check out with a bunch of different things, is over $50, it's free shipping. But what if the recurring order is only $25 once a month? Then I'm not going to get free shipping on that. To compound that by all of the other complexities of every requirement. Oh, do we want to give loyalty points for every recurring order? Do we only want to give it like you should, but maybe you only want to give it on orders that the customer is placing themselves. Do we have the inventory that we can do this on the regular, but do we have the capabilities to look at the reporting that subscribe pro is going to give us telling us how many orders we have upcoming and, and be able to look into our warehouse or our, you know, OMS or ERP and, and confirm whether or not we have the inventory in order to do that. So. It's there. It, I like to think of it as like a series of little questions. And that's what I like to do with a merchant when they're talking about setting up a subscription program is like, there's a lot of things that you're going to have to, we should probably talk about as many of those things as possible. Most of them are probably going to be fine, but let's just make sure, show me what your requirements list looks like. Your wish list of, I need my subscription program to do X, Y, and Z. What are the nice to haves? And then let's walk through and just account for what we have to do to get all of those things. So yeah, the shipping one is a good one. Oftentimes they might think to themselves, like we know we need X number of delivery frequency. What happens if one of those is a holiday in the business? Or what happens if we change it? Does that alter all of the other delivery frequencies down the line? Does that mean that we're able to put this through as a one-off order and the customer still gets it on the cadence that they were supposed to receive it? So. On the face of it, it seems like we're just going to place the order regularly, but there are a ton of little complexities that come along with those recurring orders that at this point we've gotten very good at accounting for both with our strategy sessions and also our product. But I think that can, on the face of it, turn merchants off uh, to, hey, we'd like to do this, but it might be more trouble than it's worth right now. And I can assure you it's not like it's absolutely worth having a subscription program. Yeah. The other thing, one thing that I have noticed is that I don't get feedback about my experience often when going through these with the with them about how is my experience in the in in that cycle even mm -hmm. that you would think that that first time you do it how was your experience how would you rate your experience in the subscription cycle but even more important like the long term like a, a check-in or having some kind of a survey that goes out every six months or even once a year Yep. to learn what is it that they're experiencing. Because again, back to the tea example, I recently had a problem or they were out of a certain tea that I've gotten consistently since 1999, since I was like 12. And okay, I'm a little bit older, but whatever. Um, that's, that's oh, there we go. We were the same age and I have a 27 year old daughter. So isn't that amazing? So what happened was like, I, this is my favorite tea. I drink it every morning and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to find something else. And so they held, they held up my entire order. They didn't tell me exactly that it's held up or when the target date was they were going to send it. So I ordered a bunch of other teas so I could yeah. ha make sure I'm not out of caffeine in the morning. Yep. And then suddenly I get everything. Like <laughs> their tea came back in and the extra four pounds of tea that I ordered. And suddenly I have five months worth of tea in my cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> so communication it, too is really important there. It really is. And that's one of those cases where um, having a reliable partner in the space is also really valuable. One of the things that we always really pride ourselves on is absolutely top-notch A-game 
client services team here at Subscribe Pro. And that's the kind of thing where if, if you realize, hey, we're going to be out of this product, a couple things you should immediately do. Notify the customers that are subscribed to that product in the window that you know that you're going to be out of it. And you would know that working with a, a partner like us because we can provide you how many orders of X SKU you've got in X amount of time. So if we know we're going to be out of it for this number of time, you can generate a list of all the customers with those email addresses for how long you're going to be out of it. Send them an email. Say, we're currently out of this product. Our plan is to send you this other SKU instead. If you do nothing, you'll get the replacement SKU just for the next two weeks until we get more uh, of that product. If you don't want that, you can pause your subscription and restart it or on the, the date when we get more product. So again, it, like it will be more work. There is no world in which you can just implement a subscription program, sit back and let it ride. In some cases you can, if you always have product and you have very loyal customers and you're just going to use subscribe pro to place the recurring orders. Like I'm not saying that you're going to have a ton of problems doing it, but there are going to be situations where like, if you're out of product, you're going to have to account for that. Um, and that's going to take a little bit of extra work on your customer service reps. But again, like the benefits long-term are worth it because you're building sustainable long relationships with customers who have a much higher lifetime value. Like, I think that's worth it for, for most. Do you have a number that is typical for the average uh, lifetime value uptick from going from a person who just buys things randomly to a subscription? Yes, I sure do. That number varies a little bit by vertical and also by how the merchant implements that subscription program. On the high end of things with our like vitamins and supplement clients, which I, I want to be clear here, that one is like a slam dunk. There's 30 vitamins in this bottle. I take one vitamin a day, send me a bottle every month, set it and forget it, right? In that vertical with folks who have really loyal clients, it's like up to 20 times a non It's always going to be some kind of lift with other ones, skincare, health and beauty. It might not, might quite not be that high, but we're still looking at three, five, 10 times the lifetime value of a non-subscribing customer. But we especially see it in vitamins and supplements, also to some extent, coffee and tea. Although I think that one is, is more about, oh, I want to try different things. Like I have a favorite coffee. I have a coffee that I drink literally every morning, but then I'll usually get like something else just to mix it up every once in a while. Whereas with vitamins or dog food, it's always basically the same. So. Yeah. yeah and you know how much your dog is going to eat. Yep. Yes. So from, yeah. And I just so everybody know 20 times is 2000%. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. I, 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 so from an, I was thinking from an educational standpoint, if you're a merchant, mm -hmm. if you know what your vertical is, or you can just find your product on Amazon, if your product, and, and I would even argue that it would be a good exercise for a merchant to compare what they're selling to some product in that same category on Amazon. And yeah. if that product on Amazon is being subscription, is selling on a subscription yep. or it's in the pantry or whatever they call it on Amazon, yeah. you should be doing it on a subscription. Yeah. And more importantly, you should be doing it on a subscription on your own D2C site. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was, I was definitely, that's, that's yeah. exactly, I, I was just saying, this is a good way of, if you need to do market research, you don't know, yeah. should I be doing this? Number sure. one, you could try it, right? Yeah. Like the word, the, you don't want to do things on subscription where, oh, I'm getting one of these. Yep. And I'm never going to have it again. You want to buy it every month? That would be a horrible way of doing a subscription. Uh, but if you were having something consistently and you can see people buying it, wouldn't it be great if somebody bought this four times a year? You can get them to buy 12 times a year. Because I know for a fact uh, in coffee, if I run out of coffee and then I have a subscription, but I missed that window, what I'll do is I'll go to the store, buy it. 
Yes. And then I'll just re ch- I'll change the time in which I'm going to get my next subscription. So yeah. if you do miss that window, then it's going to be farther out that your next one's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you're going to do that. Say that you're a customer and you run out of coffee. If I come downstairs in the morning and there is no more coffee, like as much as I have a favorite coffee brand, shout out Ceremony Coffee Roasters in Annapolis, Maryland. If I'm out, like I'm going to go the easiest route so that I can get my morning cup of caffeine. Whereas if you don't let a customer run out, then they literally have no reason to go to the store and buy something else. So it's just like, hey, don't ever let me run out of this. Cool. Great. So I do want to talk about just briefly about a horrible coffee experiment experience and that that thing that you just talked about. I'll go out and do this and it could be anything. My cousin showed up at a family event with a red box of Folgers coffee. Oh. And so there is a basement of which you would go to where it's not worth drinking the coffee. I just wanted to I just wanted to point out that there it's like it's not all on the table. Yeah. Like you don't buy the three pound jug of pre ground no. coffee at Costco. No. That's might be worse than Folgers. I don't know. Yeah. I'm um, also kind of spoiled to live in a place where in my neighborhood in Baltimore I'm surrounded by a half dozen really good cafes. It's okay. If I'm really out of coffee, I can run up the street and find a coffee. Yeah. It sounds like we should do a follow-up episode only on coffee. It's funny because we do have a coffee client, and they're a wholesaler. And I didn't realize I was a coffee snob until we toured their facility. And they kept they pointing to this thing, and they're like, oh, yeah, I do that. I have a nitro setup, and I have a pour-over, and I I, – whatever. All right, let's keep moving. So replenishment and then the club, right? Yeah. And I think there is definitely a crossover in that too. And the club thing is, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yes. Um, That has to be one of the biggest ways of getting people to buy clothing. Yeah, that's really hot right now. The number of friends that I have that are currently using Stitch Fix is higher than the number of friends that I have who are not using Stitch Fix. And I am in the second group, I want to be clear. I haven't signed up, but everybody's like, dude, why are you not? You have to. Clothing is a good one. Obviously, Merchbox has been around forever. They're, they're still doing it. Some other popular ones, Scentbird is doing it, where you get a dealer's choice of whatever it is. In our experience, we work a lot with wineries to do the, the quarterly wine club or the biannual wine club, which is particularly interesting. Those types of subscriptions have an advantage that I don't think that replenishment subscriptions have. I think I think replenishment subscriptions are great because they fill the niche of convenience. The curated boxes or, or the club boxes where you don't know what you're going to get, there is a surprise and delight factor there that keeps people coming back, right? Like on a psychological level, I'm like, well, I want to know what's in the next. This, the past one was pretty good. Like I'm pretty excited because I don't know. It's like I'm getting, I'm literally getting a surprise delivered every time I get one of these. And you can really lean in at the marketing on some of these is great. We have one of our wine clients in Australia and New Zealand that their chief winemaker does tasting note that they include in the case. So not only do you get the box of, hey, here are the, here's the winemaker's selection of these six bottles this quarter, but like our winemaker has written out, this is why I picked these six bottles and here's what you'll taste in each one and here's some food that pairs well with it. So that was like very easy, just slam dunk marketing. Of, oh, we're going to put this in the box. And then our clientele who are 
probably really interested in wine can go, oh, look at all the cool. It's like getting the liner notes of an album and being like, oh, man, this is great. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. I did. I recently did a subscription where I, they paired the different Taco Bell types of tacos with a wine. So that was, oh, I was going to go down. It doesn't even work. It would have been better as a beer joke, but I'm yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. So yeah, wine is a great one. We've yep. done some wine sites in our own, in our own for, for other clients. I know in the U.S. what the wine problem is that every state has different rules on delivery. Yep. Yeah. And that was definitely the case. We didn't, we haven't done a site for a while, but how do you get over those hurdles? Do you help the client with those hur hurdles of delivery problems in the U.S. or do you work with mo mostly clients outside the U.S.? We have more winery clients in the U.S. than outside. The ones that we have that are within the U.S. are all, when, when they came to us, they were all already working with like a, a compliance software for specifically for shipping, because that is to your point, so incredibly complex that you need a subject matter expert when it comes to how to ship it to what. And so they, they were all already using a solution and they were able to continue using it because of the way that subscribe pro places the recurring orders. It, it integrated absolutely seamlessly. That solution is further downstream from when we're building the subscriptions for their Magento or SFCC or, or whatever platform they were working with, we're gonna place the order as if the customer is hitting up, building a cart via the API, but anything else, loyalty points, tax stuff, compliance for shipping, that's all further downstream of Subscribe Pro. So we play nicely with all of the other extensions that they were already using. But yeah, having something like that in place is an absolute necessity in the US where there's 50 rules and regulations about delivering alcohol, <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you, you mentioned loyalty points a couple times. You're, I'll just use the word stupid. If you don't, if you're not doing loyalty points for every single order, yep. it is such a great way to, it helps the customer too, to see their, what they're, the value they're getting from you yep. and it helps you to reward them when they're going to have that. And I, I know I, I would really say it would be poor customer service to restrict them to only loyalty points when they actually place the order themselves. Yeah, it absolutely should be tied to recurring orders because then the customer without placing a finger or without lifting a finger to place is just racking up loyalty points for being a subscriber. Oh, I haven't come back to the site in a while, but I just got an email saying that like I had racked up these loyalty points. Like now I want to spend them on something. That's an extra site visit and an extra purchase that you wouldn't have had because this customer is a subscriber. They racked up those loyalty points. Now they're going to use them. I, a best practice for me whenever we're onboarding a new client is always, are you doing loyalty points? You should, and you should definitely make them applicable to recurring orders as well. Yeah, sure. but just closing out the club box and the replenishment, I think it's obvious that if somebody needs, like for my coffee subscription, mm -hmm. and shout out to Peace Coffee in Minneapolis, yep. um, they I have my regular coffee that I get, but then I do get the surprise coffee every month. And th I like that. I like trying those different things. On the flip side, tea, I'm not interested in trying some kind of obscure tea from South America that has whatever. I'm not interested. In it. It's great to give them that option, but certain things you're going to use it and you want to get it. Like beer would be a great one. I got my dad one year for a Christmas, a beer, 12-month beer subscription. Yeah, And he, he actually liked getting those different things every month and trying it. But I think yeah. So I, and actually beer is probably not something or you're, I'm going to get my regular 30 pack of Coors Light because yeah. everybody knows you need 30 cans a night. Come on. Um, 
But if you want that specialty thing, then the box idea is a great. And it's not just clothing. Like I think beer is a great example for that. There's, it, it could really fit into every category where somebody wants to really experience something. And I think instead of just trying something, you should use the word experience as a merchant. Would you like to experience this new thing? Would you like to try these new things and open up maybe different palettes of what, what different work, different things would look like? And then I really like what you said about having those pairing notes and having some ratings in there. Having some explanation of why you got that as a merchant, as a customer, is going to help you as a merchant to know, or to know, A, my customer likes this because they've ordered it again. But then as the customer, they have so much more appreciation what they're getting from the merchant. Yep. And they take it one step further. And this is amazing. Not only do they uh, publish like a nice pamphlet with the, the tasting notes with every wine club box, they publish the historic tasting notes. So you can go to the website as a, a non-club member, go to the website and they'll say, here's our club info. This is how you can sign up. You'll get boxes with six bottles delivered twice a year, every quarter. Here are our historic tasting notes in PDF form at the bottom of that page. So if I'm like, I'm not a club member yet, but I'm just browsing, I'm interested, you can actually go and look at the past boxes to see what was in it. And it's like a deliverable on the page as you're like thinking about whether or not to become a member, you can see like what comes in the box and go, oh, that's really cool. Oh, I like that one. I, oh man, I should have been subscribing last year because then I would have got all these cool, I should definitely do that now, which that's a killer idea. They absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And one last thing on this, I think the idea of you're talking about six bottles a month or 12 bottles, whatever that number is, if even if they put it on pause, if they ordered six bottles a month, they are probably going to order more wine from you than if they were to just order wine when they thought about getting wine. Because most of the time you think, oh, coming home from work, I got to stop and get some wine at Trader Joe's or wherever you're going. This is in their wine cellar. And suddenly if you realize, hey, I can't drink 12 bottles of wine a month, I'll put it on pause for a month yeah, and let it get caught up. That six or 12 times 11 is still more than whatever it is times none. Yep. And I should point out that these different types are not like exclusive. They don't live in different neighborhoods. So we have clients that do some replenishment, some curated. And as a customer, you can have both. Hey, I want to, I want to be in the coffee club where you send me like a new bag of coffee, like dealer's choice so that I can try something new. And I also want you to send me my, my daily drinker because I know that I like to start my day with a medium darkish roast. And I just want to always have that so that that's my first cup. And then like maybe later on in the morning, I'll want you to send me like a cool fan lighter roast from somewhere random. So it, it's not, it's not mutually exclusive and you can even have them shipped together. Just like, Hey, here's your replenishment order. Here's the curated order. We mixed it up and we thought you would like to try X. So there you can blend them there. There's no reason that they can't overlap. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about access really quick. And then I just want wanted to talk about uh, subscriptions as a practice, yeah. maybe for an as into the agency side of things. Sure. So I know access is something like Netflix is super common, right? And I, I want to tie access into a merchant, let's say a merchant's on Magento and they have some subscription plugin done who that where, that's running on the server. And we recently had the experience where they're trying to, they're trying to run 40,000 subscriptions a month and it's just killing their website. Yeah. So maybe just talk about the SaaS-based version of a, having a subscription where it is running, it's doing all that work, and you don't have to worry about it as the merchant. Yeah. I always like to tell people, I, I love talking about this stuff. I like having conversations with it. I love meeting people, and I love learning about what their headaches are. If 
Subscribe Pro or just a SaaS-based solution in general is not right for you, I do not want you to work with me. Like, I, no disrespect, it's just you need to do what's best for your business. I happen to think that a SaaS-based solution is best for a majority of businesses, but it has to make sense for what you're doing in the e-commerce space as a merchant. There are definitely folks that I've chatted with who for them, an off-the-shelf extension on Magento will do what they need it to do. And they're doing a small enough volume where that makes more financial sense. I think where you need to be cautious when you're planning that, a lot of people see an off-the-shelf extension and they go, oh, that's gonna do everything that we want. And the one-time fee is very attractive to them without thinking about the fact that there is that one-time fee, then you have to implement it then you have to manage it. Then if something goes wrong or breaks, you're responsible for it because you own it. It's built into your site's architecture. So if a bolt falls off, maybe there's an issue downstream that you weren't entirely prepared for. So in some instances, yeah, that's absolutely the best way to go. I think the upside of a SaaS solution is that it is both a lot more stable and a lot more flexible because you are holding that information outside of your site and only connecting to your site via the cart API when it's time to place a recurring order. So if you come into SubscribePro's you know, backend, our, our merchant app, and you need to update some product info or some subscriber info, all of that, like all of that is happening outside of your website. So way more flexible in terms of what you can change and also more stable because you're not gonna damage anything inside of your website. Also, we have clients that are doing tens and dozens of thousands of orders a month with you know no issue in site performance. And you get an ongoing relationship. You get my phone number, our client services team phone number. So I think that's where the upside to a SaaS solution is. You have to consider that somebody who's willing to be a subscriber is immediately your best customer. Like it, it just, uh, hey, I'm going to give you my info and my data and i'm going to give you my card number i want you to vault that and then i want you every month to, or every quarter or whatever to send me something that customer is immediately in a group of customers that are your best customers they need the best possible experience which means no issues with their shipping dates getting mixed around no issues with the site crashing when you have a bunch of uh, orders about to go through it just has to work and it has to work consistently and it has to work well which is where i think the advantage of working with a SaaS solution comes in yeah, and then I'll just close out this topic with, if you are on Magento, you can certainly do all the rules, things that you need before it even gets to you as a SaaS-based subscription solution. You could build those th things inside of your Magento store, yep. and you can still have that bulk of that work done outside the Magento store. So you're standardizing the subscription process, but if you have some certain rules that you need to yeah. get data or whatever that rule is, that can be done inside of Magento. So you could have the best of both worlds as well. But I agree that with you on how important this is to a merchant. And, and if you were, if you took the low end of only a 300% increase in sales to the high end of 2000%, why wouldn't you depend on somebody who works and does subscriptions for a living? Yep. Yeah. Also, like if somebody has a bad experience, you will like customers have very little patience for a crappy experience. Like you will drive somebody away. If, hey, I signed up for this. It didn't work. I, as a customer, have no reason to give you a second chance if I can get this product elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. So let's, we have a few minutes left here. Let's just close out with the idea of a, of subscription as a practice for an agency. We've just agreed that the subscriptions bring clients the absolute best customers they can have and agencies oftentimes and i'll make myself one of those we don't always see the importance in subscriptions it's just something that somebody asks for 
But it also could be, as an agency, it could be a practice that you have to help the client understand how those subscriptions are going to be good, and then finding somebody like Subscribe Pro who can do those subscriptions for them extremely well. Yep. Do you have any? Like, maybe you have. If you have any advice for agencies and how they should approach this, and maybe even they should they shouldn't just approach it as listening to what the client wants, but having some strategic, offering the client some strategic value in subscriptions. Yeah, absolutely. Like we know firsthand that like having a really strong relationship between the subscription partner and the agency partner is particularly useful. I've been around for a long time. I know a lot of really great agencies, small group that we work with that we feel very close to. As an agency, if I'm a project manager or a solutions architect or something, and I'm chatting with a merchant, maybe I've identified that a subscription solution is viable. Maybe they haven't asked for one. I think that anything that you can offer that would make the merchant more money is a good thing, right? They are in business to make money. And there are like a couple of tells that maybe they haven't considered subscriptions or maybe they have and they walked away from it. But if they're in a particular vertical where like replenishment or a curated box would be a good fit, or if they have customers who are exceedingly loyal, if they say, oh, like a, a majority, 70, 80% of our orders are, are reorders from customers that we are like, that's okay. You clearly have found customers that feel very strongly about your brand. Even if you have a product that is not necessarily a subscribable product, find a way to offer one because 80% of your orders are people going, oh, I like those guys. I'm going to come back and order again. Find something that you can offer that's a subscription product or even just a customer group where it's like, hey, would you like, you know, early notice of new products and a 20% discount on every order and free shipping? We're going to do our own version of Amazon Prime. So identifying those features in a merchant, if you're an agency, can be particularly useful. Oh, you guys might be a good, and we've done recently like some very kind of interesting and off the wall implementations of just like, yeah, I guess you could use Subscribe Pro that way. That's quite interesting. One of them, we have some that are doing like access to a, a club membership, like a professional organization or a, a digital download or something like that. But we also now are working with a number of like universities and state colleges for recurring donations from alumni. They have an e-com site. They, they were like, we're going to set up an e-commerce site to collect donations. And as part of that, hey, do you want to give us $100 or do you want to maybe, can you afford to give us $20 a month? Yeah, okay. I want to give you $20 a month and I want that to go to the music program. So I'm going to check out with the music fund in my cart and then be able to do that. So there are some kind of interesting ways that you can use uh, subscriptions beyond just, I, I know we chatted about the three basic types, but some clever ways that you can uh, that you can find to use them. Yeah. So Rob, if if somebody wants to talk to you more about subscriptions, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. If you go to subscribepro.com, there is a contact us field on the site. You could also email me, which is robert.holthouse, that's H-O-L-T-H-A-U-S-E, at subscribepro.com. Plenty of good info on the site as well. You can check out some of the clients that we're working with, that kind of thing. Great. And I'll put these in the show notes as well, your contact and everything. Rob, as we close out, I give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug. Okay. What would you like to plug today? I've talked a lot about subscriptions, so I'll take a moment and say that if you are a fan of music and would like to join the roughly half a million people that uh, streamed my band's music lab, you can go to Spotify and look for a band called Can't Hang and enjoy yourself. We're coming into the time of year where reggae music is, is more necessary in the spring and summer, so Go check yourself some of that goodness. Yeah, thank you so much. Was... Rob Holdhouse from Subscribe Pro. Have a great day. Thanks, Brent. Always a pleasure. Thanks. 
Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week. Trouble we have got